You are Locked On Pacers, your daily Indiana Pacers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Happy Wednesday, everybody. Welcome in to another edition of the Locked On Pacers podcast, where we, of course, talk about the Indiana Pacers. Finally, for the Pacers, it is game day. They haven't played in over a week. They have the Warriors tonight. We're going to talk about that at the end of the show, but the bigger news that we're going to cover for a majority of the show, the uh, NBA All-Star roster was officially fully announced yesterday. The reserves came out for each conferences, and no Pacers make the game will break down, or, and by we, I mean me, Tony East, one of the hosts of the show. Uh, I cover the team for Forbes in the West Side Community News. will break down Sabonis not being selected as an All-Star uh, and what it means for the team in both the short and long term, and break down if he was snubbed. And we're going to start there. Uh, real quick, today's episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra. Are you happy because you win, or do you win because you're happy? At only 2.6 carbs and 95 calories, it's only worth it if you enjoy it. Stay tuned for the Michelob Ultra Player of the Week coming up later in the episode. It's going to be pretty obvious who my choice is, because I'm going to spend a lot of time talking about this guy in this episode. So anyway, Zamanta Sabonis, not... An NBA All-Star this year. I thought he had a good shot, but was I wouldn't have favored him, as I said yesterday at the end of the show. Uh, the Eastern Conference All-Star Reserves, Jalen Brown, James Harden, chosen as the two guards. Ben Simmons, or uh, excuse me, Julius Randle, Nikola Vucevic, and Jason Tatum, chosen as the uh, front court guys. And then Zach Levine and Ben Simmons as the wild cards. So, first of all, first impressions. That's a pretty good selection. Uh, Vucevic has been awesome. I know that he was kind of on the fringe, and Randall's been pretty good. But I think the other five guys seemed like they were going to have great cases to make it between Simmons, Tatum, Levine, Harden, and Brown. Um, Simmons really surging late, and Levine having an incredible season. So Sabonis so is not in compared to that group. Seen a lot of people on Twitter talking about this because they should. It's a big deal that he didn't make it. He's been amazing this season. Uh, of the guys averaging 21.5, and 5.5. And it's just Sabonis and Giannis, right? Like he, it, I think it was like that last year with Sabonis where his combo of points, rebounds, and assists was just him and Giannis. And, you know, he's got Jokic by a little in the rebounds, and he's got some other bigs a little bit in the assists, just enough to be in a unique way that his skills are so unique. And he, he's got a great case for All-Star. I thought he had a great case this year, but I didn't think he was one of the 12 best guys in the East. However, I'm still going to sit here today and say DeMontis Sabonis was snubbed from the All-Star game. And here's why. Because, so here's the thing. Bam Adebayo is a bigger snub. So if I really wanted to say Sabonis is a snub, in theory, he's not deserving. Bam should have made it over Sabonis, and Bam should be in over both Vooch and Julius Randle. However, because Julius Randle did make the All-Star game, I'm going to call Sabonis a snub because I think Sabonis absolutely should have made it over Julius Randle. Randle's had a nice season. I, I, I Like we said when we talked about All-Stars on the show, I think last Friday and Monday, and even yesterday, we've covered this a lot. Randall's averaging 23, 11, and 5.5. And like, those are great numbers. He's a little ahead of Sabonis in scoring, but he's behind him in rebounds and playmaking. Uh, he's also shooting well from deep and scoring well. Again, he's been really good. I don't want to belittle Julius Randall. I just think Sabonis has been better this year. Uh, the Knicks are 15 and 16, so 7th in the East. The Pacers have him by a little bit in record, and they're so close that I think that, that that's where that tiebreaker comes in. I'm usually not a big, like, Record gets you in the all-star game kind of guy, but when they're close like that, and I just think Sabonis is a better player. I think he draws a little bit more attention from defenses than Randall does, albeit not as much recently. So there it is. I think Sabonis is a snub, given that the guys we know made it. Um, 
So you'll see the title of this episode say, Sabonis snub from the All-Star game, even though in theory, Bam should have made it over him anyway. I cannot believe Bam Adebayo did not make the All-Star game. That's absolutely ridiculous to me. Chris Middleton, I'm also very stunned, did not make it from the Eastern Conference. Middleton had a really rough last two weeks, which kind of killed him, but very surprised by that. Vucevic is a guy. Let's talk about Vucevic. He's in from the Magic, who are not very good this year. And I understand a lot of ire might be the wrong word, but a lot of heat um, from people who see their 13 and 18 and 12th in the East and saying, why is Vucin over over Sabonis? You know, I think actually I've seen more people say that Sabonis should be in over Vooch than Randall. I disagree. I think it should be Randall. First of all, the difference between where the Magic are and the Pacers are is three and a half games. That's like nothing. They're two games behind the Knicks. Like the East is so tight from four to basic through 13, basically. Like the Wizards are on a five-game winning streak, so. Uh, it's only three and a half games separating the four seed from the 13 seed. Like, it's really hard to use record as a tiebreaker unless, like with Randall and Sabonis, they're so close. And I don't think Vucevic has been particularly close to some of these other bigs. I think he's behind Bam, and I honestly, I would have had him behind Middleton. But he's averaging 24, 12, and 4. Uh, he's been a ridiculous score, shooting amazing from three, shooting amazing from the mid-range. From 10 feet and in, he's just been absolutely cash this year. His defense has been at nearly the highest level of his career um yeah the magic suck but it's not Vucevic's fault right like he's clearly carried his team and like sometimes you can do this but it's hard for me to like this is another reason I don't read into record too much because then you end up punishing guys who have terrible teammates and I don't want to Vucevic has been so good that I don't want to punish him because the magic the man his magic teammates suck if that makes any sense like again if if it's a tiebreaker thing and it matters at some point sure but uh, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna do that. I think Vooch is very good, and and I didn't have him on my team personally because I had Bam and Middleton on. But uh, I get him being on there more so than Randall. I do not understand Randall. Anyway, that's a lot of rambling to say. Sabonis snubbed because I think he's had a better season than Randall. I'm pretty surprised to see Randall make it and Sabonis not. Sabonis' stats are ridiculous. Um, Bjorkren set him up to succeed very well on offense. He's putting up gaudy numbers. His defense is holding him back a little bit. And, you know, like John Hollinger wrote about on The Athletic last week, the Pacers are actually getting outscored with him on the floor, right? So his his case is, is flimsy, but he's been so good. And other coaches all season long have been very complimentary of him, right? Nick Nurse, uh, the Raptors coach before Pacers-Raptors discussed, you know, part of the strategy of defending the Pacers is do you send a double It's a bonus? And how do you do it so you can slow down other guys as well? And Steve Nash, the Brooklyn Nets head coach, mentioned – uh, Sabonis is an all-star before those two teams played each other earlier this season, right? So he's getting the compliments and praise of other coaches, but he didn't make it. He just didn't make it. I, we don't get to see the voting there. I think that'd be very interesting. But yeah, if Randall's in, I, I'm calling Sabonis a snub officially. I think for sure he's been had a better season than Julius Randall. And I want to bunk one thing. I see a lot here. People are saying, ah, oh, small market conspiracy, blah, blah, blah. Well, for media votes, that makes some sense because media doesn't watch every game right they they get they get caught up on national tv stuff too but the coaches vote on the reserves and i don't think the coaches give a damn about uh the market you're in they just want to win the basketball games and game plan and i think the level of game plan they put in against a guy is a big factor in who they choose for all-stars and i think that sabonis requires a lot of game planning and i i thought that he had a shot i thought he had a shot but sabonis not an all-star pretty surprising uh, I, I would say given that Randall is in, but you know I don't want to I don't want to belittle Julius Randall. I've harped on him too much. He's actually having a very nice season. I'm giving him I've given him a lot of props 
uh, earlier this week for that. Improved basically every aspect of his game. So, yeah, that that's that's how I feel about the Sabonis stuff. It's going to be super interesting to see how he comes out and responds to it. And he is the Michelob Ultra Player of the Week uh, for this week because he's had a fantastic season and really – um, you know the Pacers haven't played in a week, so he he's um, he's a good guy to pick. But you know he's an all star in our hearts, right? <laughs> he's had a ridiculous season. He Brogdon called him an all star earlier this week, and you know his, his stats speak for themselves. He had a fantastic game in the last Pacers game within the week against the Timberwolves. And don't forget, check out Michelob Ultra again. Two point six carbs, ninety five calories in a bottle. It's joyful. Joy creates success, and enjoyment isn't the end game; it's the whole game. Just just remember, joy, happiness, and success. So go. Uh, get Michelob Ultra. It's the, it's the beer you should try. And now we're going to take a short little break and talk about the ramifications of Sabonis not being an all-star. All right, so I have three points I want to hit on here. One is really minor. One is a little more major. And one is big time. And the two minor ones are short-term and the big time ones are long-term things. So let's run through some, some fallout stuff from Sabonis being snubbed i can say snubbed because randall's on it I w- if bam was in randall's spot i could not call it a snub because to me one of the rules is if you call a guy snub you have to pick a guy you take off for him and i couldn't take anyone off for for sabonis if bam was in randall's spot but because randall again because randall's on the team i can call him a snub so snubbed from the team sabonis first minor impact i'll go in chronological order we're about to see a pissed off demonta sabonis until the all-star break the pacers have i think six more games until then, Warriors, Celtics, Knicks. Celtics should be interesting. Uh, Knicks, Sixers, Cavs, and Nuggets. He's about to just – I think he's about to just stomp people. I think he's about to be – and mad he didn't make an all-star team. Mad he gets snubbed and his teammates are going to want him to show how good he can be. So I am expecting, especially against the Warriors, who we'll talk about in a minute, who – they got their centers healthy tonight against the Knicks, and they were able to, to pull out a win. But do not have the strongest uh, front court rotation. I'm imagining a, a a fantastic game from Sabonis on Wednesday, and potentially when he goes against Julius Randle this weekend. I mean, I just just imagine what you're going to get from from Sabonis on Saturday against Julius Randle and the Celtics, even who they play Friday have two All Stars. So those games should be very interesting to see how Sabonis responds to not being named to the All Star team. Two second fallout. This affects the whole team um, to some extent. So he's not going to go to – he might not go to All-Star Weekend now. I don't know that for sure. You know, maybe, like he was in the skills contest last year, and they're still doing all that stuff, which is dumb, by the way. All-Star Weekend in a pandemic is just dumb, especially with no fans. But whatever. It's a money thing. I would, Whatever. Um, there's a chance now, because Sabonis is not an All-Star, that all the papers would just say, now nah, we're, we're not going to Atlanta. You know, like maybe McDermott would have been in the three-point contest or, you know, whatever. But – I'm a Matt. I feel like they're just going to take the guys who are in the All Star game and put them in the events. That makes the most sense to me. Just they have the fewest players. Maybe they don't do that, but uh, either way, this reduces the Pacers' chances of having a guy in a potential COVID hub in Atlanta because there's going to be lots of parties going on and stuff for this All Star stuff. Even if there can't be fans of the game, that's good. But the the actual team thing that I want to mention with this is I don't know that this for sure, but I have heard and read that it's possible that. Teams that don't have All-Stars, their schedule could actually restart after the All-Star break faster for the teams that do have All-Stars. So there will be some teams that, since they have no one participating in All-Star weekend, like their All-Star break will be two days shorter. 
um, and they'll start up their second half of their schedule a little earlier. So you could think, well, the shorter break would suck for the Pacers, but it spreads out their games more in the second half, so it could be like one less back-to-back or less travel or something. So I think that about balances to an even thing and is just a scheduling change. Um, so, so either, if that's not true, it's a longer rest for the whole team, right? There's just no one going to this all-star stuff. They get the time off to to rest and regroup, or they get to get going a little earlier, keep some momentum from the first half of the season uh, while the all-star stuff goes on and, and make up some of the time from there. I believe three first half of the season postponed games, Houston due to weather and Spurs and Suns due to uh, COVID contact tracing. So that's the second short-term fallout from Sabonis not being named author. The third one, and the big one is, Sabonis has a $1.3 million bonus in his contract for being named an all-star. He got it last year. It comes on the books this year. So currently, Sabonis is making $19.8 million. Now, that bonus will be called unlikely instead of likely, and it will not count against the cap. So next year, Sabonis' number against the cap will go down by $1.3 million to $18.5 million, unless he makes All-NBA, which seems unlikely, given Gobert, Jokic, and Embiid exist. Anyway, uh, so that frees up. million below the tax for the Pacers, which is two things. It's close to the amount of a minimum contract. And not that like a minimum is important. You can always sign minimums, but um, just having an extra wiggle room to add a player is always nice. You know that Jakar Sampson's a free agent. TJ McConnell's a free agent. Doug McDermott's a free agent. Both of their two-way guys are free agents. Keelan Martin could be a free agent, right? They'll have roster spots they'll potentially need to fill. So having a little extra room is always nice. But also, you know, maybe they maybe they move on from McConnell and they go with like an Aaron Holiday Sumner backcourt next year. Or, you know, this is way, way too early to think about this kind of stuff. But if they're going to keep both McConnell and McDermott, who are both pretty important to this team, having that extra wiggle room below the tax is really helpful in retaining those guys. Um, so bonus contract doesn't change. He's still on the team. He still will have three more years after this. But that number going down could help them in the team-building process next summer, stay under the tax, and keep the guys they want to keep. So, yeah, it sucks for Sabonis to not get the money he could have earned if, if coaches voted him in. And bonuses are nice. He negotiated them, and he earns them if he gets them. But it uh, could be, end up being a good thing for the team if they're able to keep someone they would not have necessarily been able to keep without the extra small amount of spending power. So that's the fallouts of it. Uh, two fun short-term ones and one potentially very serious long-term one. But we'll see what happens. I uh, Again, I, he snubbed from the game because of Julius Randle. We'll see what the long-term impacts are. But maybe there's a chance like McDermott takes a four-for-whatever deal this offseason to stay with the Pacers. And we say, well, thank goodness Julius Randle was an all-star because now they're able to, to pay him that much and, and keep him. So we'll see what comes of that. But there's a game tonight. And... The all-star stuff doesn't really matter that much in the grand scheme of things. I mean, maybe for resumes really far down the line. But to really think about that, not to really think about the Warriors on the schedule tonight. So let's take a little break and talk about that. But first, got to talk to you guys, of course, about Bilt Bar. I just had their new crunchy peanut butter flavor about 10 minutes before I started recording this. Absolutely delicious. You have to try them. They're making the best tasting protein bars ever over at Bilt Bar. They're great for the health-conscious guy. They're great for losing or maintaining weight. They're, of course, delicious. They're low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, high-fiber protein bars that come in 18, I think more than that now, amazing flavors. Uh, the Cherry Barcia one, which is one of their newer flavors, 17 grams of protein, 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 grams of net carbs. You have to try them. Everyone who's listened to the show and tried them tells me 
They love them. I love them. You got to try them. Go to builtbar.com. Use the promo code locked on, all one word. You'll get 20% off your next order. That's the promo code locked on for 20% off at builtbar.com. Pissed off Sabonis and the Pacers against the Golden State Warriors. The Pacers beat the Warriors in January at 104.95, I believe. I don't have that up immediately in front of me. That is the correct score. The Warriors are on a back to back. They just played the Knicks tonight. Uh, Randall had 25, 10, and 7, ironically, but Curry. Steph Curry starter for the Western Conference, 37 points, 6 rebounds, 6 assists to lead the way for Golden State. The thing I want to point out about the Warriors to start with is they got their centers back. Um, so this game would, could have been a big one for Turner and Sabonis if those guys weren't back. I mean, their front court's really weekend. But they got 20 minutes out of Kevon Looney. They got 16 minutes out of James Wiseman. Wiseman had 14 points in this game against the Knicks in his first return to action in about two weeks. Who knows if they'll be playing back-to-backs already or anything like that, but those guys could be back. But the big thing for the Warriors, to me recently, is they're getting a little more Draymond than they were earlier in the season. Draymond didn't do a ton of stuff um, against the Pacers the first time they played, if you even remember that game. He had 10 assists, but like 7.6 rebounds, whatever. Not, Not as much... You know, Draymond had some downtime without the Stars, and he's kind of been always been a glue guy for them, even though he's tr- tremendous. But he's really been more rounding into form uh, recently. Some really crazy assist games. In the month of February, Draymond is averaging, if I could ever click on my stupid screen, uh, an absurd number of assists, <laughs> to say the least. Sorry, I, I can't click around apparently. Okay, he's averaging uh, 10.5 assists per game in the month of February, 7.5 rebounds. So... Draymond is really getting the ball moving for this Warriors team. So even when he takes the center minutes that he does, which is like, I would say, 12-ish per game, that's when this Warriors team is really deadly because Steph can just score from anywhere. So beating this Warriors team, I think, is going to be all about the interior battle because even if Looney and Wiseman are back, that's where the Pacers got a nice advantage uh, when these guys played in Golden State. Remember, Turner had 22. Sabonis had 18. Their stats together were crazy. They Turner had 12 rebounds. Sabonis had 14 rebounds. So they, they combined for 40 and 26. And that was a key thing in this game is they limited the number of possessions the Warriors have, since they have Steph Curry, that's a big deal, by dominating the rebounds. And they went inside a lot because the Warriors uh, don't really have good interior defenders. And Green can kind of do that stuff, but he's tiny, so... You know, he's going to do his stuff. He's going to move the ball, but make him work so hard on defense that he can't be super impactful on another fringe all-star level guy for them. You have to make him work on D. If he's on Sabonis or Turner, get them in the post. Let them put Draymond under the rim. Even if they can't score, just make him work. I think that's going to be key because the Pacers really they did a good job on Curry the first time these two teams played. You know, they had they had uh, Sumner on him in box and ones at times, and they really swarmed him. When he has the ball, Bjorkren coached in the finals against Steph Curry with the Raptors, right? Like, he has a lot of experience against Steph Curry. But 20 points is so low for him that at some point it just becomes, like, an anomaly um, how, how low he scored in that game. Not that, you know, again, the Pacers deserve credit. They did a great job. But, I like, Curry's averaging, like, 30 points a game this year. Yeah, 29.9 on the dot. And he just had 37 against the Warriors. So he's probably over 30 points per game. So... That 20-pointer is pretty low for him. It's actually the fifth lowest scoring outing he's had this entire season. He's only been below 24 times. So he's going to give you more than that. Draymond, again, is giving them more than he has or than he did the first time these two these two teams played. So 
they're going to have to try to make Draymond work and kind of accept that Curry's going to be Curry and just shut down everyone else, right? I've always, I, I've, I mentioned that as the strategy the first time these guys played, and the Pacers got lucky because it didn't work. You know, Kelly Oubre had 17. Wiggins had 22. Those guys were able to – Damian Lee had 12, right? Like, those guys were able to step up because the Pacers said, okay, we're going to force out of Curry's hands and make those guys beat us, and they did. They, those guys actually did beat the Pacers – but Curry didn't. So that the, the flip side was the case in Golden State. That's why they were so arrhythmic and they only scored 95 points. That's atypical for them. I'm imagining they're going to be much better and Curry's going to do better. So I think, one, again, make Draymond work on D and two. Try to shut down those Wiggins, Oubre, Damian Lee, Kent Bazemore guys who, if they go off, you just, you're just screwed when you're playing a team that has Draymond and Steph Curry. So I think that's pretty important in this game. It should be a good one, though. You know, the, the Warriors are really good. They lead the league in assists. Because uh, Steph just flies around, Draymond can hit guys anywhere. Uh, they're 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 fifth in the league in three point attempts, eleventh in percentage. Right, they're gonna try to set up that stuff, and Curry's a big part of all that. So that's why I'm, I I think it's so key to try to shut him down, get them out of that game. Their two point game is or their inside the arc game. I two points so lazy, but when I'm reading stats, it just comes out right. Their inside the arc game is not as strong. They're low, low, low on the offensive glass, 28th in the league. So just try to shut down that first shot from from a role player. Don't let Curry kill you. And I think they'll have a chance. And they're terrible. Excuse me. They're excellent at defending two pointers, but they give up a million of them. So try to pound the paint. Let your centers dominate and 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 get a win. Keep on track. Stay in the four spot. Uh, that should be key. The Raptors lost to the Sixers before I recorded this. The Celtics lost again today. So those two teams are both under 500 again or right at 500. So the Pacers can create some separation in the standings uh, with wins against decent teams like the Warriors. It's an important one. I think they can win. I think they have the game plan to win. I think the week off can help them. But the Warriors are really deadly. They have Steph Curry. It's really hard to bet against them. So we'll see what happens. Should be a good one. But I'm looking forward to watching a pissed off Sabonis playing basketball thank you guys so much for tuning in today uh adam will be back tomorrow to recap all the action i'm sure he has some sabonis all-star thoughts that he would like to share as well so more talk about that then thank you guys so much for listening enjoy the return of pacers basketball tonight and we will see you tomorrow